listening to The Venue Podcast. The Venue is a worship gathering of Southcrest Baptist Church. To learn more about The Venue at Southcrest, visit us online at southcrest.org or on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Amen. Whoa! <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Give them a hand one more time. And thank God for leading us in worship. Man, who thinks they need to put together an album? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, we can, yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, hey, growing up in, by the way, I'm looking at the clock. Y'all think I talk fast. It's going to be on today, all right? We're going we're gonna to be moving. We got a lot to cover. Um, you're growing up in youth group, growing up in church. My dad was a pastor, so started very young. There's kind of some interesting experiences that if you didn't grow up in youth group, you don't quite understand. Y'all with me? A lot of y'all grew up in church, you know what I'm talking about? If you didn't grow up in church, man, I'm even more glad you're here. Um, not that I have favorites or anything. Anyways, it's funny growing up in, in youth group because especially in middle school, maybe this wasn't like what you were doing, but I eventually in college got the name Heartbreaker Hayes. Maybe this is tied together somehow or another. My wife's in here somewhere. Um, but I remember in, in especially in middle school youth group, you wanted, to, you wanted to be real smart when it was fixed to be time to circle up and pray. Here's what I mean. You know that when you circle up and pray, you're going to get to hold hands. So you're trying to be smart who you stand by. You know what I'm saying? You're like, oh, the Lord has smiled upon us. We are going to hold hands. And then you have this choice of, you, are you going to pancake or are you going to waffle? You know what I'm talking about? And you, it's, it's a real, you got to pray about that before you even pray as a group, right? Like, what are we about to do here? Um, some, some big decisions. Now, by God's grace, uh, Lord willing, we grow, we grow past that a little bit. Like, obviously, as a married man, I'm not like, I want to be by my, by my wife when I pray. Um, but you grow past that. But it's interesting, still, there's a little bit of sometimes, I don't think you're like conniving about it, but you still sometimes kind of care about who you're by in prayer. So, for example, sometimes uh, I've, I've been smiled upon by the Lord in our staff meeting, our pastoral staff meeting sometimes, because I don't do this every time, but occasionally. Uh, Pastor David at the beginning of the meeting will say, hey, instead of just praying for prayer requests this morning, we're going to pray for the person on our, on our left. And the, there's been a few times where I realized I'm sitting to the left of Pastor David, and I'm like, boom, what's up, Richard? I'm getting prayed for by Pastor David. <laughs> like, man, the big man's praying for me, right? Like, there's, I get excited about that. Or even there's a lady that works at Lauren's work named Holly, and there's been times where, what was it, at a dinner we were all at or something, and I realized Holly, as I'll, Holly Beaton, but I'll talk about her occasionally because she's a superwoman of God. But when I realize that she's going to pray for me or pray for me and Lauren, I'm kind of like, in your face, like Holly's praying for me. Because there's something about her prayers that, man, like when she prays, it's not just like, Lord, be with Lauren and Brandon, just bless them. I'm like, when she prays, she prays. You know what I'm talking about? Like, when, when she prays, it, it's, it, Deborah, you've, you've met with Holly before. You know what I'm talking about. When she prays, it's like, man, she is praying. Like, she's, she's really talking with God, and she really believes it. I want, I want my prayers to be like that, right? Not so, not so people can think I'm spiritual, but because I, I sincerely want to know God in that way. And I want my prayers that when, when I pray for people, for them not to feel like, oh, cool, it's typical Baptist prayer. Lord bless them and keep them safe. Amen. Like, but I want, it, I want it to resonate. I want it to be, to be real. Don't y'all want to pray like that? 
Yeah, and, and I think people want to be prayed for like that, right? And that's why I, I'm, I'm joking, but I'm not joking about like the Pastor David or Holly thing because I want to be prayed for in a way that, that moves some mountains, right? What does it look like to pray that way? Holly actually uh, occasionally has taught a little like class, if you will, at Beaten Bow, and one day I'm gonna go to it because I'm like, what is your secret? <laughs> but here's what's cool. We don't have to sneak into some class at a place we don't work at. Um, we, <laughs> we have scripture, and the Bible is full of amazing prayers from incredibly godly heroes of the faith. As you know, we're in the book of Colossians, and um, we're, we're still in chapter one. We just started last week kind of as an introduction. And this week, if you're keeping track, so we're trying to stay synced up in the venue and the worship center with what we're preaching through the passage. But since middle school disciple now is next weekend, whoop, whoop, and I'm gonna be preaching kind of on their theme, this week we're doubling up and doing a little bit longer passage. But we're gonna be, I think, I think it's okay that we are because we're gonna be in verses three through 14, what Richard read earlier. And this is, this is Paul's prayer. So how cool is this? We have written down, recorded in God's word, a prayer from Paul the Apostle. So we don't have to just dream up like, what did, what did Paul pray like? What would that have been like? No, it's right here. It's right here in front of us. We get to, to study this prayer, and there, there's a lot going on. But at the very least, my hope this morning is that we leave kind of having a, a little better sense of how we can beef up our prayers. And again, not to impress someone, because, but because we seriously, sincerely want to know Christ. We want to be like him. We want to to commune and talk with him. So how do we go deeper in our prayers? Let's check it out. Colossians 1, verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, we talked about him last week, remember? He heard the gospel preached by Paul in Ephesus and then went back to his home city of Colossae and preached the gospel there, told, told a story there. He says, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, He's a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the spirit. All right, so there's, there's quite a bit going on here, but I think it's really summed up in one or a couple words. So first of all, he's thanking God for something. And I think if we could sum up all that he's talking about into one word, or really, I guess two words, it's in the, at the end of verse five, he says, the word of truth, two words, the gospel. And here's the, the first thing we see is that, oh man, I forgot to check my clicker again. Sorry, guys. Hey, can you, can you help me out? Sorry, TJ. One day I'm gonna get that. You little, okay. We can have deeper prayers by thanking God for how the gospel is changing our lives. And that's a, that's a mouthful, but I think that's kind of what's going on here. He's, he's thanking God for how the gospel is working in the lives of the Colossian believers. He says, man, you have faith in Christ and love for all the saints. So you've gone from just kind of wanting to do your own thing, having selfish ambition. Now you actually care and love for other people. You care about other people. It says you have this faith, you have this love because 
of the hope laid up for you in heaven. So it's not just this, well, this seems to be the best way to live my life. It's no, I have this certainty, this hope, this faith that I'm going to spend eternity with Jesus Christ in heaven, with the creator of the universe. I'm going to continue on in faith in Christ and having love for my brothers and sisters in Christ. He says, verse 6, this gospel's come to you. And like it's doing all over the world, it's bearing fruit and increasing. So it's this picture of, of this, this plant that's growing and blooming and bearing fruit. It says the gospel is doing that in your life. God is working in your life. You're being transformed by the gospel. I'll be honest, I don't pray that way a lot. <laughs> he says, man, I'm thankful for how God's working in your life. And I think it's interesting, like, I was thinking, so why would you be, why specifically would you be thankful for that? Or maybe a better way, like, what is it about that that should cause gratitude? I think the key is in the metaphor that Paul uses of uh, bearing fruit, it's increasing like a plant. There's something interesting about when, when you put a plant in the ground, or even a flower. Like, I remember the first time Lauren and I planted flowers at our front door, and, and they actually started, like, surviving. It was like, <gasps> we did it. <laughs> Here's what's interesting about plants. And if you do do this, don't do it. It's weird. <laughs> what you don't do when you plant a plant. Am I saying that right? Plant a plant? It sounds funny. When you plant a plant, you don't go to it and, like, all right, Mr. Plant, <laughs> you better grow. <laughs> I'm going to come out here, and you're going to grow. I'm going to make you grow. If you do that, it doesn't make a difference, and your neighbors are going to call the police, right? Because <laughs> that's creepy. You, don't, you can't make it. You, there, you can provide some things it needs, like water and sun, but it, it grows because it's, because it's a plant, right? Like, there's things that work in a plant growing that I have no power or control of, right? So there's, there's even still, we like talk to, to farmers, there's this, this idea of, Man, gratitude, there's something happening here that I can't really explain or make happen. Yes, I can water, I can provide sun, but ultimately I can't make it happen. That's why Paul is thanking God. As much as we, we can come to church and read our Bibles and do things to try to position ourselves to help us grow, the reality is we can't make ourselves grow. It's a gift from God. It's a word we call grace, amen? <laughs> that it's God's grace that causes us to increase and flourish and bear fruit in the gospel, to have hope, to have faith, to have love. And so Paul's saying, I thank God for that, that he, he's working in your lives. I think that kind of prayer is kind of, is pretty foreign to us. Like most of us, like I grew up in a pastor's home and as awesome as my parents did, I would say most of us didn't grow up in a situation where a consistent prayer was thanking God for how he was changing our lives and making him more like Jesus. Y'all with me on that? Like, that's, that's not a knock on anybody's parents. It's just, I think it's foreign to us. Like, I don't know how much, actually, I don't, I don't do that very much with our family. I need to get better at that. It's just kind of foreign to us. I think it's, we've not been trained to look for it. Uh, if I, I'm not gonna embarrass you, don't worry, Sarah. Sarah Tackett is on the, the tech uh, track team. She's a pole vaulter. Go Sarah, that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, let's give her a hand. Seriously, that's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, if, I, if I went to a track meet, I promise I'm not going to embarrass you. She's like, oh, no, 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 don't worry. If I went to a track meet with Sarah, I didn't grow up playing sports. I know that is super surprising to you guys. Um, 
But I, I don't know much about track, especially pole vaulting. And so if I went, I wouldn't know what to look for, right? I would be like, oh, cool, that dude spun around and he threw something. Like, I wouldn't know what was going on. But if Lauren and I went to a track meet, which we need to do that. If we come to a track meet and if Sarah got us some credentials and got us down on the field and walked us around and explained, right, this is what is happening in a pole vault. This is what's happening in I don't even know what the other things are. But <laughs> the, j- the javelin throw. What's the big uh, shot put? Ooh, man, I know what I'm talking about. Um, if she explained those things, one, I would start looking for them. And if I started looking for them, I, I would guarantee you in a-, in a short amount of time, I wouldn't be able to not see them. Does it make sense? Like I would see Sarah doing the pole vault and I would, I would be able to explain it to others because I'm looking for it and now I can't help but see it. Or like, it makes me think... Um, there's some uh, guys from South Korea in my doctoral co- cohort. At the end of our, one of our two-week sessions, seminars, we went to a Dodgers game because it was out in L.A. Went to a Dodgers game, and these two guys, I only play baseball in South Korea, but these couple guys had never seen baseball. And so they're staring at the field like, I have no idea what is happening. And I know a little bit about play- baseball. Um, and so I was able to explain what was going on. It was amazing how they went from, like, not having a clue, not really caring, and the more they knew what to look for, they were into it. Y'all with me? I think maybe what we need to do is just ask God, help, Lord, help us to see where you're at work. Could you, could you show me how you're changing some lives? Can you open up my eyes to how maybe I or my kids or my, my family or my friends, my coworkers, how they're growing in Christ and how I can just thank you for that? And I'm willing to bet that as that becomes less foreign to us, it becomes more of a practice of, of seeing that and looking for that. It's going to become more natural to thank God for how the gospel is changing our lives. I think about uh, 20, summer 2015, I got to go to high school camp um, with the high schoolers and go and speak. And a lot of those high schoolers I had previously had as 6th, 7th, and 8th graders, got to be the middle school pastor. And looking back, I'm like, how did I not see that? But it was amazing to me hanging out with them at camp that week. Part of it was they'd just grown up from middle school to high school. But seeing how the Lord had transformed their lives in just a few years. Because the gospel was bearing fruit and increasing. And y'all, when you see it, when you see it in your family members, when you see it in your kids, let's thank God. Amen? Thank you for being faithful. God, thank you for doing what I can't do. Thank you that the gospel is transforming their life. Now, Thanking God is one big part of prayer that we could probably all grow and get a little deeper in that. Thanking God, not just for the food, but that the gospel is changing our lives. But there's also, without a doubt, an asking part of prayer. And that's what Paul gets into next. Moving quick. Verse nine. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled, filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So God's, or Paul's saying, I'm praying that you will know God's desire. Another way you could say this, oh, I forgot my clicker doesn't work. Sorry, TJ, you got me. <laughs> we can have deeper prayers by asking God to show us what he desires. He says, be filled with the knowledge of his will. So time out. This is not um, knowledge of his will like, not that we, let me say this, not that we shouldn't ask God for these things, but this is not like, God, 
I'm gonna spend all my time praying for you to show me the perfect job I should get, to show me the perfect major I should choose, to show me who I should marry, to show me what gym I should go to or whatever. No, it's praying the knowledge of his will. It's bigger, it's, it's deeper than that. The, God's will is that we be formed into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. God's will is that we be disciple makers. God's will is that we live our lives for his glory. So this is not about some secret like, all right, God, tell me the secret so I can live this perfect life and never have trouble. No, no, it's the knowledge of his will so I can be made more like him. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Verse 10, here's how we know that it's not just about my best life now. (laughs) So as to walk, so this knowledge of his will, knowing what he desires, leads to this. Verse 10. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So it's not about, it's not saying we don't pray for the little things in our life, but it's that I don't neglect the big thing, which is God today, would you show me what it looks like to live for you? Lord, what is your desire for me in my workplace? What is your desire for me in my family? What is your desire for me in in my friend group? What does it look like to live in a way that is pleasing to you? What does it look like to live in a way that I bear fruit in every good work? God, what does it look like to increase in my knowledge of you and actually knowing you? I think one of the differences here this is it's different than like just asking God for a sign. God, can you just give me a quick direction here? And actually having a relationship with him. To, to know what is his will. To know God's will. To know his desire is to know God. Here's what's interesting. A lot of interesting things. But in verse 9 it says, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. Again, he's, he's praying for other people, so we could, we could also pray this for other people, that they may be filled, it's passive. So it's something that you can't do, but something you receive. So again, I can't go to God and point my finger at God. All right, God, you're gonna fill me and show me what to do. <laughs> yeah, I get, I'm getting some, mm, <laughs> should you joke about that? <laughs> I, I can't make God fill me but I can position myself to be filled. If you think of, of, of uh, this is not how it works, but if you think of God filling, with the, filling you with the knowledge of his will as this big heavenly faucet that he opens up, I can position myself to be filled by this right here. From a Jewish Old Testament understanding, you can say just stop it at Jewish really, when it says spiritual wisdom and understanding, those two words particularly together always made the Jew think of the law of God, of, of Scripture. So as I'm, how can I be filled with his will? It's right here. If you're not reading Scripture, don't be upset that you're like, man, I'm not really hearing from God. He's like, bro, 66 books, like just read it. can ask him, Lord, show me. And I would actually encourage you before you read scripture, because he speaks through scripture, ask him to speak through scripture. God, when I read this, will you open up my eyes to what you're saying? Will you show me what it is you want me to do? 
How many of us would have so much less stressed lives if we quit worrying about God's perfect will of, should I take this job? Should I do this degree? Should I date this person? Should I have this conversation? And just said, God, will you help me to live out what I know you've told me to do? To love you, to live for your glory, to put other people's needs before my needs. God, would you help me to do that today? Would you help me to bear fruit in that way? Would you help me to increase in my knowledge of you today? Position myself getting in the word, talking with him, asking him to fill me with the knowledge of what he wants for my life. What a cool thing to pray for other people, right? Not just, Lord, bless my wife Lauren today. Hope she has a great day. Kill it. I always tell her every day, uh, keep a gangster, which is such a weird thing to say as she leaves the house. But, um, or to dominate. Uh, this, is a, this is a little beefier prayer to pray. Right? God, help Lauren to know what your desire is for her life today. And it's not a secret, like, give her a secret. No, like, just show her what you, how you want her to live. Show her how loving you first looks at work. God, show her your will. What a cool thing to pray for your kids. What if you spent less time, we, again, we should pray for who our kids are gonna marry or date and marry, all that's a good order. <laughs> But what if stressing, instead of stressing over the exact person, what if we just said, God, would you show them your will for their life, what that looks like? See, it's not that we're ignoring the pressing issues. It's that when we focus on the main issues, the, pressing, the things that feel pressing begin to take care of themselves, right? So we're gonna thank God for how the gospel is changing our lives, and then we're gonna ask God to show us what he desires. And here's the reality. When you begin to ask God to show you what he desires and you begin to, man, I'm going to, God's calling me to live out my faith in him. He's calling me to share the gospel. He's calling me to live for his glory. That's going to create a dependence on him, which I think leads to this closing part of the prayer. Verse 11, being strengthened some translations, uh, there's a period at the end of verse 10 and then a capital M, may you be strengthened, with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of Sins. Here's our third thing we see from Paul's prayer. We can have deeper prayers by asking God to strengthen us with his power. He says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for you. You'll be strengthened with his power according to his might. So I love thinking about this. Like, This is not about God, make Brandon this, the strongest man that he can be. 5'11", 300 pounds of solid muscle. Like, Not really. <laughs> No, it's, God, give me the strength that comes from you. Lord, Lord, give my friend, give my coworker, give my wife the strength that comes from you according to his strength, his glorious might. And here's the cool thing. It's not that he gives us strength and power to like become a macho Christian or an overly opinionated Christian or an extroverted Christian. Look at this. According to his glorious might for all endurance, and patience with joy. <laughs> Again, God is a realist. He's, hey, you're gonna have tough times in life, but I can give you strength to face life with endurance and patience and joy. 
and joy that leads to verse 12, giving thanks to the Father. Why would we give thanks to him? Because he's qualified us to share the inheritance of the saints in light. He's delivered us from the domain of darkness and taken us to the kingdom of his beloved son. And what, what do we have in the kingdom of Jesus Christ? We have redemption and we're forgiven from our sins. So here's, the, here's what I think Paul's getting at. So we're praying for ourselves, praying for other people. It's praying that even in the midst of a storm, even in the midst of difficulty, we can have endurance and patience and joy and thanksgiving because we have a power that comes from Jesus Christ himself. Amen? We're not living this life on our own. So this kind of goes against our typical tendency, when we're, we, we face a storm and we, we tend to think our God must not be strong. We face a problem and we think God's presence have, has left us. And he's saying, no, I'm with you in the storm. I'm with you in the problem to give you strength, encouragement, joy, and thanksgiving and remind you of the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. So ask me for strength. When you pray for the people, ask that God would empower them and give them strength. He wants to help. You know, when I go to, when I take the kiddos to the playground, they just turned two last Sunday, crazy. When I take them to the playground, um, and they're wanting help up on the ladder slide they can't get to, I don't stand off in the back and go, <laughs> ew, pathetic, <laughs> two and a half foot, 24 pound weakling. <laughs> oh, you're so lame. <laughs> no, I'm like, Seriously, I, I, something kind of like the Grinch when the, his heart triples in size. Like when, when they're like, Dada, or Tater, everything now is my. My Dada, my milk, my playground. I'm like, you don't own the church playground. Um, <laughs> she said, my Dada, and help is also helped. Helped, helped, helped. Man, I, 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 I beam when I get to go pick her up, right? The father delights in using his strength for the benefit of his children. The father smiles when he gets to use his strength for the benefit of his children. If I, an evil, messed up father, enjoy doing that, for sure our heavenly father delights in giving us his strength, empowering us. So why don't we ask? God, could you help me? Could, could you give me some strength? Could you empower me to, ha- to be encouraged, to have endurance, to have joy? God, could you remind me of the, of the gratitude I should have because of the fact that you died for me and you've given me a new life and a new hope and transferred me from darkness and into light? And he says, hey, I'd love to, pi- I'd love to pick you up and help you out there. <laughs> he smiles, he delights when he uses his strength on our behalf. Thank God for how the gospel is changing our lives. We can ask God to show us what he desires and we can ask God to give us his strength, to empower us. And I was thinking about it, Cole, our, or there he is, our uh, new journey pastor, we were talking like, man, I don't have time to get into all of this. Actually, I'm already 37 seconds over. Um, but how, man, how, what made Paul pray like this? And we could, we could, we talked a lot about a lot of things. We don't know for a fact, but what it seems, one of the most obvious things seems to be that I think Paul just talked with God a lot, right? I think it's pretty safe to say about the Apostle Paul, but I think he just talked with God a lot. When I think about 
uh, uh, there's a professor I had, Richard Ross, in seminary. When, and when he would come in and talk about his devotional time, it really was. It was like the climax of a movie. You were just listening because, man, this dude talks with God. Or when I, when I get to have a conversation with Holly Beatonbow and I feel like she's staring into my soul, <laughs> I'm like, man, how does she so close with God? I think all those people would tell you it's not because they're special or they do something extra spiritual. It's because they talk with God a lot. You can't have a deep conversation with God, or excuse me, or, yeah, or anyone if you never have a conversation at all with them. If we can talk that last, yeah, there, uh, the last one, yeah. A disciplined prayer life leads to a deep prayer life. If you want to go deeper and begin to pray like Paul in these passages, or like even how he does in Ephesians, um, Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, I think it's consistency. I don't think it's like, all right, now I'm going to pray spiritually or deeper. I think it's just consistent talking with God, building those habits of God. Help me to see how the gospel changed my life. Lord, show me your desire for my life in these different areas of my life. And Lord, please empower me. Give me your strength for whatever I'm facing. So here's how I want us to close, because it would be silly to talk about prayer all this time and then I don't actually pray for people. Um, I want to close by giving you a couple of things we can do, like action things. One, a great tool that I found in helping me have a consistent prayer life is an app called Echo, E-C-H-O, Echo. A great app. You can have group chats with it. I think group chats, like group prayer groups is what I mean. Um, you can have, you can do hashtags on the prayer request. That way you could search by certain things. So I could hashtag every one of my family members. So then I could just ha- like search the hashtag family and then pull up all those specific prayer requests. It's a really, really cool app. I think it's free. If I'm lying, I'm sorry, but I think it's free. I'm hearing it's free, yes. Um, thank you. Uh, another thing is pray these scriptures. Like if you're like, man, like me, I'm realizing how bad, even though I'm preaching on this passage, how bad I am at praying these things. So it's not cheating in your devotional time to pull out Colossians 1, 3 through 14 and use that as a prayer guide to just walk through that passage. Or another one is Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, to pull that open, to flip to it, and just walk through it and pray through what the Lord brings to mind. But again, discipline, consistency leads to depth. So here's how we're gonna finish. Um, in just a moment, I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna do all these things. Uh, hmm, sorry, I'm watching the clock. How can I do this quickly? All right, here's what we're gonna do. Like we've been doing, we're gonna have some folks kind of on the sides of the venue and even down here, uh, kind of close to the TVs. And if something in today's sermon, or maybe it had nothing to do with the sermon, maybe it was music, or maybe like you're not paying attention and you read a cool tweet and God spoke to you, I don't know. Um, if there's something that you would like some prayer for, some encouragement on, those people are there to pray with you and encourage you, answer questions. It's not like, again, I keep saying this, but I'm trying to make it stick. It's not like you have to go to them only if you got wrecked and you have all this sin to repent of. It could be like, hey, I just could use some encouragement. I'm kind of struggling this week. Could you pray for me? They would love to do that. They'll even have a lanyard on, I think. I think that's true. That it's red and says prayer team. You know you got the right person, all right? Um, we'd love for you to do that. Or maybe you want to stand and sing as we sing here in a second. But what I would definitely encourage you to do, maybe even more than singing, sorry, David, on this one, is I want to encourage you, if you're here with your friends or family, or maybe you don't know the people beside you and you would like to meet them, don't be doing no uh, waffle holding hands here, Um, but maybe you would like to make some friends there, I want to encourage you during this response time to actually pray through what we just talked about. So I'm, I'm telling you, I'm encouraging you. There's gonna be music playing. Um, 
you're welcome to stand and sing, but I want to challenge you to, with the people that you're with, to pray the prayers we just talked about, to go ahead and start practicing them. Does that make sense? So a couple of different ways to respond. I know that was fast the way I told you that, but man, I think the best way to deeper prayer life is to practice it. So we're going to practice right now. Y'all cool? Y'all with me? All right, I'm going to pray, and the, the team's going to come up and uh, sing a little bit while we respond. Okay, let's pray. God, thank you so much uh, for your word. Thank you for the example of Paul and this prayer. And Lord, I pray that our, our prayer lives would begin to be deeper, to be a little beefier, God, that we wouldn't just pray for superficial, mundane things that we kind of say without even thinking, but that we would begin to really talk with you or to be thankful for how you're working in our lives, to be able to begin to seek out your, your wisdom and your will for our lives, what it looks like to to make disciples, what it looks like to love you first, God, and that we would begin to, to not complain or just get frustrated when we feel weak and want to give up, but instead we would turn to our Father who delights in picking up his children, giving them strength, empowering them. And God, I pray that as we are in some small groups here in a second in this room and just take a moment to pray together, that, man, th we would begin to see the fruit already of taking our prayers a little deeper. And Lord, if there are people that need to get up and and go and talk to someone that's on the side of the room, pray they would do that, have boldness to do that. Or Lord, maybe if they do, just need to stand and, and sing during this song. God, that, that's fine too. I pray that you would lead us, show us your will as we respond. It's in your name we pray, amen. If you are encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and rate us wherever you stream your podcast. The goal of the venue is to help you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus by being relational, helpful, hopeful, and real. Thanks again for listening to The Venue Podcast.